Welcome to the podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse Tabernacle. You can find out more about our church at lighthouseofmaslin.com or join us for worship Sundays at 11. We pray this message will be a blessing to you. them toiling and rowing for the wind was contrary unto them and about the fourth watch somewhere between three and four in the morning three and six in the morning he cometh unto them walking upon the sea and would have passed them by when I was younger I I thought this had to be some kind of mistake in the recording of it. There they are doing what the Lord told them. Rowing for all they're worth. He told them to go to the other side. The wind's blowing, the rain's falling. They're not getting anywhere. And here comes Jesus walking on the sea. Remarkable. Just walking, going for a stroll, doing the kind of things Jesus does. Here's Jesus walking on the sea and would have passed by them. Would have just walked right past them even though they're doing what he told them to do. Verse 49, but when they saw him walking upon the sea, They supposed he'd been a spirit. They thought it was a ghost and cried out. For when they saw him and were troubled, and immediately he talked with them and said unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And he went up unto them into the ship, and the wind ceased, and they were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure and wonder. We'll read that again in the ESV. And he saw that they were making headway painfully, for the wind was against them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. He meant to pass by them. But when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and cried out. For they all saw him and were terrified, but immediately he spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And he got into the boat with them, and the wind ceased, and they were utterly astounded. Lift your voice with me one more time. Jesus, Lord, speak to us from your word today. Your word is anointed. Your word is powerful. Your word sets free. Your word brings light. It brings hope. It brings glory in Jesus' name. Jesus' name, you may be seated. I want to talk to you this morning on the subject, don't pass me by, don't pass me by. 
There's been so much in my heart and my mind lately I've had half to sift through to, to decide what to talk about. But I, I do want to talk to you about this this morning. Don't pass me by. See, I, I, I know, I don't think, I don't feel, I know God is moving. There's something happening. I hear people around the world, missionaries, ministers from other countries. I hear people all over the nation. Everybody is saying the same thing over and over again. And when that begins to happen, you need to understand God is doing something. Something is on the move. And I know that God is on the move. And I know that something wonderful is happening in the heavenly places. It's happened to me back in June on Pentecost Sunday. I was standing there not even paying attention to the service. And all of a sudden, I felt joy. I never felt anything like it in all my life. Not the day I got married. Not the day my children were born. Not even the day I got the Holy Ghost the very first time. But I felt joy, unbridled joy come over me just like it poured on my head and a smile come across my face and all of a sudden the Lord revealed to me something wonderful had transpired in the heavenlies, in the spirit realm. Something is happening. I know God is doing something. I know something wonderful has begun to move throughout the apostolic world. And I know this for certain. I don't want to be passed by. I love the fact that when we get to the book of John and the story of the woman at the well, I love the fact that God made an appointment to meet with this lady. It is an amazing thing to me. It's amazing to me that this woman that had lived such an immoral life whose life was so distraught and so filled with problems that the great God of the universe, the one who hung the stars in the sky, the one that made everything and holds everything in his hand had an appointment in mind with this woman. He told the apostles... You guys go on in the town. I need to pass through Samaria. Sits down at the well and awaits an appointment that the other person didn't know they had. It is beyond remarkable to me that in the Great Commission, he orders his apostles and his followers and all that would come, make sure you go to Samaria. It is astounding to me that God himself set an appointment with this woman to meet her at a specific place, at a specific time, for a specific reason. It is wonderful. But many of the miracles that Jesus did happened when he was heading somewhere else to do something else. But a hunger rose up in those who were going to be passed by and they called out to him. They were not on the schedule. They were not the target. They were not the plan. But Jesus was passing by and they determined not to let their chance pass by with him. And they reached out to the master. 
They were determined that they were not going to let their opportunity pass them by. You see, I know God knows everything, but he does not make everything happen. There is a difference. He knows everything, but he does not force everything to transpire. We have free will. We have our own choice and our own power. We can determine to listen to him. We can determine not to listen to him. We can determine to reach out for him, or we can determine to resist his spirit and what he's doing. He does not force us to do anything, but he allows our own desire, our own hearts to determine many of the things that happen in his kingdom. And so many people are waiting around, trying to wait for that moment when Jesus will force them to do something. But you know, Jesus is a gentleman, as they say. He stands at the door and he knocks, sees if anyone will answer. He does not force his way upon us. And so many are waiting around, hoping that God, or thinking that God, will someday at some point just grab them by the nap of their neck and force them to do his will. But I'm telling you, I don't think that's the will of God. I don't think that's the desire of God. But what God wants is there to be a hunger deep down inside of each and one of us that says, Jesus, if you're doing something, I want to be with you. Jesus, if you're going to be in the area, I want you to touch me. Jesus! Don't pass me by. Jesus is passing by. He's passing through Jericho. And in case you're wondering why one book, one gospel says he's leaving Jericho and the other one says he's coming into Jericho, it's very simple. There's two Jerichos. There's the old Jericho where the walls come down and there's the new Jericho just a little ways away. Same name, different town. And he's walking between them. He went through one and he's coming into the other. And when Jesus went places, crowds followed him. And it's just a normal every day for them. The crowd is all around him. They're pressing in. They're trying to touch him, trying to hear his words. But sitting on the side of the road, just ahead of the crowd, a man sits begging. He is blind. There's no C&I dog to guide him. There's no organization to help him. There's no government programs to provide for him. He sits at the mercy of those passing by, shaking his cup, asking for coins. But this man, like so many who have lost their sight, his hearing is sharpened in compensation. And he can hear the crowd. And he can tell that there are many people. And he can tell that they're excited, the voices of men, women, and children. But he wasn't sure exactly what was causing the commotion. He wasn't exactly positive what was transpiring. And so he asked someone walking by, hey, what's going on? 
What's going on? Somebody tell me what's happening. Someone hears him and answers. I don't know if they were sarcastic. What are you, blind? Don't you know? I do know this. They answered, Jesus is passing by. That's an important statement. Jesus is passing by. He didn't come there to stay. He isn't stopping there to teach. He's on his way from one destination to the next. He's just passing by. But when Bartimaeus hears that Jesus is about to walk by, that Jesus is crossing his path, something builds up deep down within him. He must have heard at some point about Jesus and the things that he could do for those who asked. And even though he is not the destination, Jesus didn't come for him. Jesus isn't looking for him. Jesus is just passing through time. But that doesn't offend Bartimaeus. You know what? If we spent less time being offended and more time being hungry, we could see a whole lot more of the things of God. Bartimaeus said, Well, why didn't he come to see me? Why didn't he come and ask, Where's Barty at? No, he hears that Bartimaeus is passing through town. And Bartimaeus decides that if Jesus is passing by, he's not going to be passed by. If Jesus is going to be around, he's going to make sure he gets an audience. Too many wait for an invitation. When Paul said, In him we live and move and have our being and he be not far from any one of us if happily we might find him if we just reach out for him. Just reach out for him. Too many of us are waiting for the master to grab us and pull us in when he's standing there with open arms waiting for us to reach out for his embrace. Too many of us are saying, Jesus, why don't you get involved in my life when we sit there distracted by everything that's going on around us. Jesus is passing by, but we're busy over here watching what's going on in the political world. Jesus is passing by, but we're staring this way, begging out on Hulu and Netflix. Jesus is passing by, but we're knee deep in our Facebook page. Everything is going on around us is distracting us when Jesus is on the move. Jesus is on the move. Jesus is passing by, but we get caught up. Am I going on the right vacation? Am I driving the right kind of car? Am I getting invited to the right parties? Am I hanging out with the right people? And we wonder why we miss out on such good things and the deep things of God when Jesus is walking by and we're too distracted to even bother reaching out to him. But Bartimaeus He might have been blind. He might have been a homeless beggar. But Bartimaeus had something going on. Bartimaeus was smart. You know what? This book's remarkable. We see a lot of smart men being really dumb. And we see a lot of outcasts being really, really smart. 
That story we read, it's recorded in, I think, every gospel. Most of them skip over Peter walking on the water. But that night when Jesus passed by, oh, they may have been the 12 apostles of the Lamb. Yeah, their names are written down on the foundation stones of heaven. But that night there were 11 dummies in a boat. And one that was smart enough to say, Jesus, if that's you out there, I want to be out there too. Too many times we stand around waiting for something to happen. When Jesus is passing by and all we need to do is cry out to him and let him know we want to be a part of what he's doing. And so Bartimaeus begins to call out when he hears Jesus is passing by. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. He must have had quite the lungs on him. Because we look in the Bible and the crowd's getting agitated. They wanted to hear Jesus. They wanted to see Jesus. Jesus is there. This isn't part of the service order. This isn't part of the plan. This isn't part of the organization. They all were queued up, waiting their turn, conducting themselves properly. I'm so tired of being organized. I'm so tired of being proper. I want to get a hold of what Jesus is doing. I want to hear his voice. I want to feel his touch. I want to hear him say, come forward. Those people are so agitated. They tell him he's disrupting the proceedings. But that doesn't stop him. He just yells a little more. Jesus, now son of David, have mercy on me. They tell him to be quiet. The master's busy. He's got other people he's come to see. But Bartimaeus wouldn't listen. He is determined not to let his chance pass him by. And so he shouts a little louder and a little faster. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And something wonderful transpires. God interrupts the program. God hits pause on his plans. Yeah, he has somewhere else to go. He had something else to do. And he has someone else to visit. But there was a hunger down in Bartimaeus that said, please don't pass me by. Please don't leave me like I am. But call me forward. And Jesus hits pause. Jesus, it's pause. Do you understand the power of our prayer? <laughs> Billy Cole said we have the power to take God's plans, turn them upside down, and shake them out. We have the power to change, change God's 
mind. We have the power to change God's plans. We have the power to disrupt the program. If there will be a hunger that rises up inside of us and says, oh God, I know you got a plan. I know you got stuff going on, but don't leave me behind. Don't leave me behind. Oh, Jesus pauses the program. In my mind's eye, it doesn't tell us this is how it's happened, but this is how I see it. The crowd just parts, and there's a direct line between Jesus and Barnabas. And Jesus says, bring him to me. There's so many good things in the story. We could preach about this story for weeks and weeks and never exhaust it. There's so many wonderful things that happen. But one of the best, Spartimaeus takes off his beggar's robe. Not going to need it no more. He decided, oh, faith, faith. Faith, going to preach to you about burning the backup plan. It's not original. Preacher has been preaching it all over Pentecost for decades. But we're going to preach about it soon. Well, what if it doesn't happen? Might need that robe. Nope, don't need it no more. Jesus called my name. And this is the wonderful, another wonderful thing. They lead him to Jesus and he stands in front of Jesus and he's blind. And Jesus says, what do you want? You'd think it was obvious. Jesus says, what do you want? Jesus isn't being dumb. And Jesus isn't being coy. He's revealing to us. You get what you ask for. You get what you ask for. You don't get what you sit around and you think about. You don't get what you sit around and you worry about. You don't get what you sit around and you plan over. You get what you ask the master for. He said, what do you want? He said, I want to get my eyes back. And Jesus healed him. Everything stopped because one man called out. We see it over and over again through the scripture. We see Joshua in the middle of the battle. God did not tell Joshua to do it. In fact, the book is very clear. Nothing like it had ever happened before. God hearkened to a man. It wasn't his idea. God didn't say, hey, Joshua, this is what you should do. No, it was Joshua's plan. He said, I got to have more time to fight. God stopped the sun. And the universe stopped spinning. There's only a few options where everything doesn't get burned up. And basically the only one that really works is time froze. God just went, hit the pause button until Joshua got done and hit play again. We see it with Mary. Jesus, our friend's about to be embarrassed. Mom, what do you want me to do about it? You know. It's not my time, Mom. It's not time. This is not how it's supposed to go. This isn't supposed to be the first miracle. And she looks at the servants, whatever he says to do, you do it, and walks away in a motherly fashion. And Jesus changes his plans. 
He'd had a plan from the foundation of the world. We'll never know until we get to the other side what that plan was, what the first miracle was supposed to be, because God changed his plans because somebody asked. Bartimaeus was healed because he determined if Jesus was doing something, if Jesus was in the region, he wasn't going to let him pass him by. We see it again. Jesus is on his way to Jairus' house. Jairus' daughter isn't just sick, she's dying. She's drawing her last breaths. Jairus runs to Jesus, disrupts Jesus' plans, says, please come pray for my daughter. Jesus said, okay, I'll come to your house. Jesus stops what he's doing and heads to Jairus' house. So now he's already stopped his plans once. He's already paused what he was doing once to go pray for someone because he was asked to. And now he's on his way to Jairus' house. And inside of a house along the route sits a very sick, very frail woman. There's no furniture in the house. Everything's been pawned. Her once beautiful clothes, you can tell, have been worn a very, very long time. She, her once regal countenance is now shrunken and skeletal-like. Twelve long years she had been sick. Twelve long years she had bled. Twelve long years she hadn't been able to go to the house of God. Twelve long years she was separated from her family. Twelve long years spent every penny she had on every doctor and every cure she could find. And every time she went with hope of a miraculous cure, she walked away sicker than she went in. But Jesus is passing by. Jesus didn't come to see her. Jesus wasn't even supposed to be at Jairus' house. But Jairus disrupted the plans. And now Jesus is on his way to another place because someone interrupted. He's not come to see her. He's going to Jairus' daughter. But something rises up inside of that woman. And she says, if I just touch Oh, if I just touch. I don't even got to touch his hand. I don't get got to get him to talk to me. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I know that I'm going to be whole. Beautiful, beautiful event. The sick, frail woman. You know, first of all, it was against the law of Moses for her to touch him. With her condition. She wasn't allowed to touch him. But hunger. Pushes us past. Decorum. She pushes her way through the crowd. She crawls. She stumbles. She falls. 
We don't know how long the battle went on for. We don't know how many times when she thought she was reaching him and the crowd suddenly pushed forward. We don't know how long it went, but at some point between where he was and getting to Jarius's house, that little woman who was so sick and so weak and so poor reached out and brushed just brushed the edge of his garment and something like lightning coursed through her body and she was healed and she stands up and realizes she's not shaken anymore she's not faint anymore she's not weak and pale from a loss of blood anymore Jesus has just healed her Denimus has just flown through her body power you know where we get that word it's the same word we use for dynamite something explosive has just passed through her body because she decided Jesus wasn't going to pass her by and Jesus does something remarkable he stops oh the crowd jerched to a halt I was in Target yesterday I paused the guy just slammed a cart into the back of me They're walking. Jesus stops. Peter stops. Someone slams into Peter. Someone slams into the guy behind him. Jesus starts looking around. Who touched me? Did you touch me? Who touched me? Peter said, come on, Jesus. Everybody's touching you. What do you mean who touched you? Everybody is touching you. Look around. We're elbow to elbow here. Everybody's reaching. Everybody's trying to touch. You don't understand what it's like if you've never been overseas. Especially when the power of God starts and everybody's reaching, trying to touch. Trying to touch somebody to get their miracle, get their healing, flow of the Holy Ghost. They're reaching, reaching, reaching. So what do you mean? Who touched you? Jesus said, Somebody touched me. Virtue, power has just gone out of me. The woman is standing there amazed at what just transpired, and she hears Jesus, and she pushes her way. It was me. It was me. I touched you. Jesus said, that's good. Your faith just made you whole. And when that happens, you see, there's a difference between being healed and being made whole. Being healed means the problem stopped. Being whole means he he returned everything that was lost. When Jesus says you're whole, we only see it a few times. When Jesus says you're whole, everything is restored. And all of a sudden, the meat comes back on her bones. Her body's what it used to be. She doesn't look sick anymore. She doesn't look like she's been in an infirmary for the last 12 years. She's been made whole. Meanwhile, Jairus' daughter is dying and dead. Because Jesus got stopped. 
I want you to understand the power of your hunger. And I'm done right after this. There's power in your hunger because Jairus' daughter just died while Jesus was ministering to the woman with the issue of blood. Did you see Jesus has no limitations? You know, I, I we we with only with a, we were with one child for so long. I I actually wondered why we're waiting on Magnolia. What happens? You know, you you have that one your whole life sin and you love with all your heart. And I thought, when there's another one, how am I going to love him enough? Do I have to love him, Clark, less? And I read some and said, no, your heart just expands. And you're just capable of that much more love again. And you have another one, and you just, your heart expands again. You see, when you stop Jesus from what he's wanting, what he's doing at that moment, you're not keeping someone else from their blessing. Jesus just makes that much more room in his heart. He just makes that much more room in his plan. He just pauses long enough to minister and make his heart just that much bigger. His plan just that much bigger. Yeah, Jairus' daughter died, but Jesus walks in the house. Jesus walks in the house and grabs that little girl and tells her to get up. And her daughter rose back from the grave with a better testimony than I got healed. Now she gets to say, I was dead. Jesus, don't pass me by. Jesus, don't pass me by. You know what? I pray, Jesus, if you're going to bless somebody, bless me. Jesus, if you're going to use somebody, use me. Jesus, if you're going to work in someone's life, work in my life. Jesus, if you're going to work in a church, work in this church. Jesus, if you're going to move in a city, move in this city. Jesus, if you're going to bless, bless me. Jesus, if you're going to talk, talk to me. Don't pass me by. Don't pass me by. Don't pass me by. I'm tired of waiting around. I'm not waiting. I'm reaching out. You know, our bishop always told the story. I can't remember what preacher it was. He said a, a, a little lady come to the pastor and said, I want to be knocked down like Jesus did to Saul on the road to Damascus. And the pastor, not very suave or pastoral, said, oh, Paul was big game. You're small fish. <laughs> <laughs> You're just small fish. You know what? I don't want Jesus to have to knock me down to get my attention. I don't want Jesus to have to smite me. I told them they weren't allowed to sing that song again. They sung last, it was a week before, I think it was last week sometime, Try Me by Fire. I don't want to get tried by fire. <laughs> Ain't singing it. <laughs> ain't having ain't trying me by fire. I don't want to get tried by fire. And if if I had to be tried by fire, it means I wasn't listening. Don't try me. By, I started saying, Jesus, I don't want to be tried by fire. I'll listen. I promise I'll listen. Just tell me what to do and what not to do. I don't want to be tried by fire. It's funny, but it's true. <laughs> heard Brother Cunningham 
threatened his music team. If they ever sang that song, like, we don't want blessings, we just want you again, they were all fired. And went blessings. <laughs> I don't want to have to be knocked down. You know what? I have heard the audible voice of God. Heard it once in my life. Oh, I've heard him speak to me very clearly. I've heard him speak inside my head. It was so clear and strong. It just like rattled my brain. But I heard it audibly once as a teenager. But I was running. And I wasn't running towards him. I was running away from him. I was running away from his plan. I was trying to do my own thing and my own dreams and my own visions for my life. And I heard him speak to me. And you know what? I haven't heard him since. And I could get upset and sad about it. Or I could realize I'm not running the wrong direction anymore. I'm running towards him. I don't want him to have to knock me down to get my attention. But if I hear he's on the move, if I hear he's going to do something... If I hear he's promised something, I want my heart to say, don't pass me by. 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 Stand with me across this place. Lift your hands. Lift your voices. Jesus, we love you. we just need to talk to him for another moment. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. have entered in to the promises oh I, I think we're at the edge of them I think we just crossed in to the promises of Joel chapter 2 I say it to the Lord constantly I remind him of what his word says be glad then you children of Zion and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he hath given you the former rain moderately. And he will cause to come down for you the rain. The former rain. And the latter rain. And the first month. If he's going to rain somewhere. Let it rain here. If it's going to be poured out somewhere. Let it be poured out here. He said, And the floor shall be full of wheat, and the vats shall overflow with wine and oil. That means he's going to provide. He's going to bless. 
you know what? He's gonna. I told you before, he's going to provide himself a sacrifice. If he's going to bless someone, let it bless here. If he's going to use somebody to bless world missions, let it be here. Let it be here. If he's going to trust somebody with a blessing, let him trust us with the blessing. Verse 25, and I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten. And the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army, which I sent among you. If he's going to restore someone's family, restore my family. If he's going to restore someone's friends and loved ones, if he's going to call back those that the enemy has taken captive, let it be the ones that I love. Let it be the ones that I care for. If he's going to restore, restore mine. If he's going to restore for someone, restore to me. It says over and over, and my people shall never be ashamed. And then the great verse, that wonderful, powerful verse, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. If he's going to pour it out somewhere, please pour it out here. If you're going to pour it out somewhere, Jesus, this is a good place. This is a good place. If somebody's sons and daughters are going to prophesy, let it be our sons and daughters. If there's going to be young men and women dreaming dreams, let it be the young women and women here. If there's going to be young men, old men and old women dreaming, having visions let it happen here if you're going to pour it out even on the servants and the handmaids pour it out here don't pass me by 